Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number five of our weekday series, Your Questions, God's Questions, where we're going to take a look at the questions that you submit to me um, via whichever means. A lot of you know my, my cell phone number, which is listed on our church's website, or you can submit questions right here on our website. Uh, let's put it on the screen here, citypointchurch.ca slash contact. And I would be delighted uh, to answer your question. Uh, oh, we do it live on Facebook, and then it goes on our website, and then it goes on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Just do a search for City Point Church Quebec, and you should find us. And um, so thank you for tuning in. And as usual, I encourage you to share this feed. I know some of you have done that, and I think that that's uh, uh, a way of sharing your faith. And uh, if you hear an answer to a question that you think might be helpful to somebody else, go ahead and send that uh, to that person and um, or to people and see how they react to it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff floating around online these days. And uh, what I'm trying to do is give you a framework from the Bible, which people often don't read and do, often don't give a fair chance to um, and to understand it, what it really means in context and so on, and to interpret it rightly and to apply it rightly to our lives. So uh, today's question is uh, is not that easy, uh, but it's a little easier than the ones we've had for the last four days. Um, and this one, uh, today being Friday, try to pick a little bit of an easier one, is can a Christian get divorced? Can a Christian get divorced? Now, uh, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, in the church context, uh, divorce um, was a major, major controversy. Let's say 20 years ago and further. It was a major controversy. And when people came into uh, churches and they uh, were divorced, a lot of times they were treated uh, very unfairly. There was a kind of a uh, condescension in the air towards this person and it was like oh this person's divorced you know and it was like this big shocking thing um now it's different because even within christian circles even within churches uh there are divorces and um i think that um the the attitude in the church is less negative than it used to be uh, but all that being said, it doesn't really answer the question yet. Uh, and when you talk about where I am, the province of Quebec, it, it is still, for especially for people who come from a Roman Catholic background, a, an important question. I was having a conversation with a, with a woman uh, recently about this and, you know, comes from a Roman Catholic background. And it, the history is that the, the Catholic Church here in Quebec controlled almost everything um and the the stance which really in catholic thought is still quite conservative on divorce was like wow i mean if you if divorce was like this terrible sin and um so she asked me uh what i thought about divorce and so on so uh, when we look into the pages of scripture uh, and we look at the subject of divorce there are basically two uh, camps of interpretation on things that Jesus said and things that Paul wrote. Mostly G the, the preaching of Jesus and the, the, the teaching of Paul. 
those are the two main bodies that we look at. We look at other things as well, but the definitive um, statements are made uh, uh, based on things that Jesus and Paul, Jesus said and Paul wrote. Um, and so there's two kinds of camps. And one is a more conservative camp, more conservative interpretation, which would basically say no divorce, period, not at all, with one exception, adultery within the marriage and the individual can get divorced and uh, the, the victim can get divorced. Now, even in cases like that, however, in some very conservative uh, uh, circles, um, people would not allow the divorced person to hold certain leadership positions in the church, even though uh, the person was cheated on. Okay, I'm just <laughs> right or wrong. You may agree or disagree. I'm just telling you what the position is. Um, and the other position would allow for what's called divorce for desertion. And this would be based on something that Paul wrote. I'll get to the passages of Scripture in a minute. Uh, where it would it would seem <clears throat> that he is allowing, if you have a Christian married to a non-Christian, well, the Christian is obligated to try and hang in there when you have a you know bad marriage, irreconcilable differences, uh, that sort of thing. We're not talking about an abuse situation. That's different. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, then uh, there, there are folks that would interpret something that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7 as allowing for divorce for desertion, i.e. the non-Christian got fed up with it, left the marriage and said, you know, I, I don't I don't want to live with this person anymore, uh, walked out on them. And then the, the Christian said, well, you know, it's over and filed for divorce. And that would be divorce for desertion. Um, and that's the less conservative camp. So you basically have two. One is very strict. One's a little bit less strict. Um, now, what does the scripture say is the point? And the reason why there are these two camps is because there is some wiggle room on this issue. Uh, this is not an issue that determines whether a person is saved uh, and going to heaven or not. This is not an issue like that. This is an issue of, of life and practice. And we're trying to interpret things that Jesus preached, things that Paul wrote in a right way. And sometimes there's some wiggle room here. And um, so the passage from Matthew is from Matthew chapter 19. And uh, it's also in a couple of the other Gospels, but I'll just read it here. There, it's parallel in the other Gospels, I think in Mark and a little bit in Luke. Um, and they're trying to trap Jesus. The ultra-religious elite Pharisees are trying to trap him. And it's interesting, They, they it says in Matthew 19, verse 3, the Pharisees came to him to test him, and they asked the question, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now, you may think that they're looking for a conservative position on the part of Jesus, uh, or perhaps a liberal position on the part of Jesus. What they're really looking for is a liberal position. Um, because in their view, and this is first century Middle East, a divorce, they would, they would do that um, for the most minor things, uh, some of these Jewish men. And they would put their wives out, uh, so to speak, for some of the most minor things. And they felt that the law of Moses supported this. So they're actually looking to see if Jesus is going to support what Moses said. They have a suspicion, maybe, 
that Jesus is going to go against Moses. And so they're putting him into a corner. And this is his response. Haven't you read? <laughs> he goes right back to Moses, right? Haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made the male and female? Uh, that's the book of Genesis chapter 2. And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, Genesis chapter 2. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. So he's putting it, he's putting the ball back in their court, not intimidated by their trap at all. And so they put their cards on the table and they say, why then did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Because you do see things in the law of Moses that make it somewhat easy for a, a, a Jewish man to divorce his wife. And this is Jesus's reply. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. Wow. What he's saying, Moses gave you kind of a temporary dispensation, a temporary grace because your hearts were so hard. I mean, wow, he's who's he to talk about uh, how Moses felt? Who's, who's Jesus think he is? God? Well, yes, he does. But it was not this way from the beginning. Look at the authority with which he speaks. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Conservative position. And uh, so so the, 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 sorry, I shook the camera there. The conservative camp would say, ha ha, you see, you see, uh, it's only for divorce. If there's divorce in the marriage, uh, then that's it. Then, uh, uh, or sorry, if there's adultery within the marriage, then divorce is permitted. You see, you see. And then you have, sorry, then you have the other camp uh, or the camp that's a little little less conservative would be from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And here you have Paul addressing a question that the Corinthians apparently asked him with regard to marriage. It's a complex answer he gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You have to read the whole chapter. But um, this is this is the, the end of it, or the end of the, the his statement on this subject. If the unbeliever leaves, let him do so. A believing man or woman is not bound in such circumstance. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So this is sometimes viewed as being an authorization for divorce for desertion. So that's basically the two texts by which you get the two positions. Um, you're probably wondering what position I am. Uh, I belong to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and while the while historically the PAOC, which is a hundred year old uh, uh, movement, was quite conservative, and since the mid '90s relaxed the position somewhat, I have uh, uh, married people who have been divorced uh, several times, and I'm permitted to do so and hold credentials with, with within my movement. Uh, with some relatively strict criteria, but it didn't used to be that way. Um, and so you can see there's a lot of controversy, a lot of wiggle room on this. Um, and so I have done it. I, I don't have an issue uh, doing a remarriage. But again, I'm, I'm looking for a couple of uh, couple of key things. And I can get into that if you want to get married. 
to somebody, you give me a call and I'll let you know, okay? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, the two broad camps, both are acceptable within the pale of orthodoxy. We do not have warrant to say that a person who gets divorced has somehow sinned. Uh, we don't really have warrant to say that, uh, n- certainly not in every single circumstance. Maybe in, in some we could say that, but this this condescending attitude toward people who have been divorced is wrong, and uh, sometimes it's based on misinterpretations of scriptures where, you know, wives, you're, you have to submit and and this is viewed all wrong by some. And, uh, you know, I've run into situations where uh, there's been abuse uh, in the marriage. And you have, typically, it's, it's wives who are being abused by their husbands, although it's not always. But typically it is. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, the Christian wife, she's got to submit to that abusive husband. And, you know, and this kind of thing. Nothing could be farther from the truth. And I have counseled couples where there's physical abuse in the marriage or emotional abuse and so on. Immediately, the, the victim has to get out of there. The police have to be called. Charges have to be filed. The marriage may not survive it, um, but immediately there has to be a separation for the safety of the victim, and especially when there are children involved as well, there has to be an immediate separation, and uh, sometimes the marriage can't be saved, and we certainly have no biblical warrant to say that if there's a divorce there, then the victim has somehow sinned. Of course not. So we need to interpret these things and apply them uh, trying to understand the culture and context to which the immediate audience, how did they feel, what was the situation, what was the occasion to what Jesus was preaching to, what Paul was teaching to. And then we have to, once we interpret it that way, we have to try and uh, apply it to our own lives today. It's not always an easy thing to do. Uh, suffice to say, divorce is very common. It is unfortunately common even within church circles. Um, there's a statement in the book of Malachi, a minor prophet in the Old Testament, where God declares that he hates divorce. He doesn't hate the person who's been divorced, but he hates the act of divorce because it's a tearing away of the relationship that was once there. And that would naturally be something that God would hate because he put those two people together and it didn't work. It didn't work out and it's got torn. And so, obviously, that would be something that would break the heart of God, but he does not hate the person. It is what the act does. It is that tearing apart of a marriage, and I've seen it happen in uh, Christian couples for various kinds of reasons, and uh, whether couples Christian or non-Christian, they still have to fight to make that marriage work. Um, uh, So, again, two broad camps, uh, both of them acceptable within the sort of pale of orthodoxy, in the historic Christian faith. Remember, there are issues of life and practice where there is wiggle room and different movements within Christianity, movements that believe in the inspired Word of God, will take different positions, and that's okay as long as we understand and have conviction uh, in whatever our position is. And, you know, sometimes we can agree to disagree with our brother, our sister in Christ, but in no way are we permitted to look down on in a condescending fashion, somebody who's been through the horror of divorce. Nobody who puts that ring on their finger uh, wants to get divorced. Uh, It's always a painful and destructive thing in someone's lives, and the church should have grace and mercy 
uh, on people who have been through that horrible experience. So I hope that's been uh, uh, informative to you and encouraging and perhaps a blessing to you. Maybe you've been through a divorce on the other end of this camera and uh, understand that God knows the pain of what you went through and uh, he feels it right there uh, with you. And he certainly is not one uh, who throws condemnation at someone who's been through that experience. So um, in any case, uh, share this post with friends and uh, we'll take a break uh, uh, over the weekend. I hope you'll join us at 11 a.m. on Facebook Live um, at City Point, Quebec. For our service, we're continuing a look through uh, Peter's uh, letters that we find in the New Testament. Until then, uh, and then we'll be right back on Monday. So until then, God bless you. 